Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And this is our second hour, so we have some awesome guests coming up. Uh, and uh, we're celebrating our Father's Day show today. Uh, a little later, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. But before that, we've got a couple of great guests. We've got John Correa. He's a Christian pastor who will talk to us about active self-protection. We've got my own dad coming up and one of my brothers who are NRA certified instructors. But first, we have John Rosado. Now, John Rosado is a host of his own radio show on KKNT, The Patriot, And the show is called Restoring America. John's going to talk to us about our founding fathers. See what I did there? It's Father's Day. We're going to talk about our founding fathers. That was good. Thanks. But I'm I'm here all week, so tip your waitress. Well, welcome to the show, John. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. Well, this is uh, our studio is near your studio, so at least it wasn't hopefully too long of a drive, but it's exciting when people get to actually come in live. So tell us about Restoring America. What is your show about? We're about current events. We talk about current events, but we put the principles of the founding and a relay them to whatever we're talking about in the current events. For instance, we talk... Uh, a lot about Barack Obama and we spend time telling uh, how he is not anywhere close to what the founding fathers were Mm -hmm. and we talk uh, I'm an equal opportunity basher (laughs) as I even bash Donald Trump (laughs) however he's going to be a far better person than our buddy Barack Obama. So for you and your, your co-host is Chris Tish. I've yes. known Chris for, for years. He's actually been a customer at, at both of our shops. We've got azfirearms.com. We also have Pod Gold Estate Auctions out there in Avondale. So that's how I, I met Chris originally. But um, for you and Chris, it's really, it's not like, you know, you have a personal thing against whichever one of these politicians. You guys are trying to to bring it down to its core and say, this is what the Founding Fathers intended for us. Absolutely. And look how far we've come from that mark. And how can we possibly, you know, maybe call out the reasons behind the movement away from the mark? And how do we come back to that mark? That's uh, going to take more than one segment to go through all of that. Right. However, uh, to make it real short, we moved away from it after the first century of this country we were complete in 1800 with a new country mm-hmm. with the election of Tom, uh, with the election at 1800 of john adams mm-hmm. the country was complete the it was the first time in the history of the world that power had changed from one group of people to another 
without bloodshed. Hmm. First time that ever happened. Wow. And it it really made the country complete. Mm-hmm. Then for the next century, people were taught in schools about how the profounding principles were utilized and done. Then in the late 1800s, we had a book written by Karl Marx and Fred Engels, Frederick Engels, who were far from being free people, free loving people. Mm-hmm. Well, that permeated into some of the people here in the United States and specifically Woodrow Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt, who were both progressive. And that started the progressive movement away from the principles of the founding fathers. And that took, to get us to this point today, has taken over 100 years. So it's just been, you know, one step and then the next step and then the next step. And, and that is how things shift and how they change. And we start every one of our shows and end every one of our shows with a speech by uh, President Ronald Reagan. And he says that our freedoms, right, our, our values, whatever words you want to put in there, our Second Amendment rights, you could put any words you want in there. They're only one generation away from extinction. Absolutely. And, and why is that? It's because if you don't teach the next generation about the freedoms that you enjoy, they're not going to know what to hold on to. They're not going to know what to have. And right now, our schools are not teaching the freedom principles. They're not teaching the founding of this country. They're teaching some esoteric thing that is far from the founding. And they're they're just not teaching the founding of this country. They're not teaching uh, what's important. Mm-hmm. Well, and knowing where, you know, where that core is, what we talked about at the very first, right? I don't know that people really even understand where that is. And so when somebody, you know, gives them a, a message that doesn't fit with that, they don't even they don't realize that that they were moving one step. There's one more step farther away from what the founding fathers wanted. Yes, but I think in order to explain that, we have to go back and look at who the founding fathers are. Let's look at Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He's one of the two my two favorites. Mm-hmm. My favorite, of course, is George Washington. But Thomas Jefferson, when he was 13, he was fluent in four languages. 13, wow. And then he went to Harvard. It wasn't Harvard at the time. It was called Queens College, I believe, at the time. He went there and got his, uh, got some good degrees. And as he left, he understood the classics. He he read Plato in the original play in the original Greek. He read the Bible in the original Hebrew, Hebrew, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Aramaic. Mm-hmm. He read the uh, the classics in the Greek. He read uh, Italian from uh, people like Cicero and. Right, and nowadays we have everything interpreted for us. Yes. And that makes all the difference in the world. Yes, so how do you know it's interpreted right? Exactly. 
And things can be so easily taken out of context, right? And, you know, then you throw in kind of the the feel-good angle. And then it's almost like all bets are off. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's reality is, is relative, you know, is their own. And, and, and like, where was that core? Where did we start? How do we get back there? How did you teach your kids? I always taught my kids to question everything. And it's funny you ask that because the two of them called me up here a few weeks ago and said, Dad, what did you learn from your mother? I told them. And I said, and they, no, they said, here's what we learned from you. We learn to question everything. <laughs> I, I okay. taught my daughter that too, and it was great until I was the one she was questioning. Dang it. <laughs> it's because I said so, right? right? Question authority, <laughs> except for mine. <laughs> Absolutely. I could relate to that quite well. <laughs> So, so to question authority, to question what is being told to you, who's telling it, and why might they be telling it to me? That that was actually something I learned in in college when I was uh, college when I was studying psychology. Well, that's true, that's true. But part of it is go back to original documents. Mm-hmm. For instance, you want to learn about why the Declaration of Independence was written. Mm-hmm. Go back to. What they were up against. Yeah, what, was what going they were on up the against. World. And one of the common things that I hear is in our, our declaration or in our constitution. Con- I can founding. You. <laughs> in our founding, it mm-hmm. is uh, it has been said. What do we fight for? Oh, that's because we had taxation without representation. Mm-hmm. That is not found in the Declaration of Independence anywhere. Okay. That was never a reason for the Revolutionary War. Okay. It was taxation without consent. Okay. There's a great deal of difference. For instance, we had some limited representation in the Parliament. Mm-hmm. The not very good, and our people really didn't want to go in there and be part of the Parliament because we'd have always lost Mm -hmm. so we did have some limited representation there but what did happen is the taxes that were imposed upon us was imposed upon us by a king and a parliament without our consent Mm -hmm. and incidentally those taxes were only at the amount of about two percent oh wow wouldn't we just love for that? <laughs> yeah, right. Take me back to that 2%, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Incidentally, in 1913, the reason th- that the 16th Amendment was passed is because the income tax would never go above 1% on the working class and 2% on the uh, money class. Yeah. Never. They held that promise. They held that promise for roughly six years when it went up to 90% and stayed there until Kennedy, who was rather wealthy, Mm -hmm. took it down to 70. Wow. And then Reagan took it down to 35. Maybe they were saying 1% a day. (laughs) I think that probably is correct. (laughs) Well, you know, I just, I want to encourage everybody to check out your show. We've already kind of run out of time here and so we want to tell people how to find your show and um i want to say that you know everything that we've talked about here today john did that without notes 
He doesn't bring a single note with him. He's got this in his brain and in his pocket he has the U.S. Constitution. And, you know, it takes like 20 minutes to read the entire Constitution. It's only 5,000 words, and that includes the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And everybody says, oh, it's too hard, and you need a lawyer to interpret it. And, and I don't believe that, do you? No, it was never meant that way. While Thomas Jefferson, when he wrote the Declaration, and James Madison, when he wrote the Constitution, were very learned people, they talked and wrote for the common man. I see. So I'm a common woman. <laughs> I think I think I can handle 20 minutes of reading uh, of the Constitution, and I'm going to challenge everybody out there that's listening. Look it up. Look it up online. Spend the 20 minutes. Get it read. Sound smart like John, right? And then tune into his show. And how do we do that? It is on 960 The Patriot, or you can get it online uh, live. In fact, I have listeners in Michigan and in. Uh, Oklahoma and in Las Vegas that listen live uh, and constantly text me during the show and I really enjoy that. I love it. They well, restoring America. That's an AM station, KKNT, The Patriot. Find it online. That's a Saturday night show. And uh, what is it? 7 p.m. in Arizona time, right? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Sorry about Arizona that. Arizona time. Thank you so much for coming in, John. My pleasure. And happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. All right. Stick around because my next two guests are kind of close to me in my heart. My dad and one of my brothers, Ron Cook and David Cook, right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. 
welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. You know, today is our Father's Day show. And what's Father's Day would be without introducing my dad. And we're trying to reach him on the phone right now. And so hopefully technology will work in our favor. But his name is Ron Cook, and um, he lives in North Carolina. So we're trying to reach out to him. And sitting right here in the studio with us is also one of my brothers, Dave Cook. This is Dave. Say hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is exciting. Now, I have, uh, what, what? there's four of you, I think, right? My brothers. But Dave is an NRA certified instructor. And since we are Gun Freedom Radio, I wanted to talk to um, dads who are also gun owners. Because there's this thing out there that somehow you can't be a parent, a responsible parent, and a gun owner at the same time. And we're living proof that uh, right. somehow we made it out alive, right? Right. Because right. <laughs> our dad was a gun owner. And uh, I don't think there was a safe anywhere in our house. There was a safe, but there was no gun in it. Oh. <laughs> well, they were just about, weren't they? Yeah. And and why weren't we terribly impressed and showing them off to our friends and, and misusing them? Well, my, my opinion is that we're simply more aware as children. We had a lot less missed or different information about firearms. We were introduced to them early at a very young age. I don't recall a time where uh, they were really treated any differently than any other tool. Uh, we had power tools around. We had torches. We had all sorts of implements of destruction around the house, <laughs> knives, you know, canes. You, you name it, we could destroy something with it. But we never really felt that the gun was actually um, anything more than a tool to be used for target shooting, hunting, or self-defense. We had guns stashed in closets, under beds, in cars, uh, pretty much any place you could find a gun. But anytime we wanted to see it or to shoot it, Dad would pull it out. We'd get to look at it, get to handle it, work the action, what have you, and then you put it away. It was no more different than looking at a drill or a you know a chop saw. Well, and kind of the the mental peg I have in my mind is our our older brother Ron. I mean, he never met a rule that he didn't try to figure out how to bend or or break, right? You're snapping too. Yeah. How many cars has he, you know, um, uh, appropriated of dads and taken out on, you know, because we used to live in rural areas, No more right? than four. Yeah, no more than four. Yeah. But yet never once, never once did he mishandle a firearm. No. And that's the thing. I mean, even even growing up, we would take the uh, our rifles and shotguns to school almost every day. And they'd stay in the car, not locked up. They were just behind the seat. And every day we'd try to get in some hunting before dark or we'd go target shooting. And a couple 16-year-old kids running around with firearms. It was just mayhem everywhere. (laughs) But yet not, somehow. Yeah, a lot lot of my contemporaries, they had firearms in their cars. And no one ever thought about anything, you know, reckless with them or, you know, dangerous, short of hunting or, you know, some target shooting. And now Dan is um, just a bit older. He's 11 years older than I am. So what he's about older. (laughs) ages ages older about 20 years older than you right and he had the same experience so Mm -hmm. somehow in his generation he was able to do that still in the 80s when you were in school we still had enough of that ability here in arizona in a a fairly ruralized area right but now it's like gone all of that is gone well i I don't think it's necessarily the rural side of it um my boy he 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 accomplished his uh, eagle scout rank he became a boy scout eagle and for his um, presentation ceremony, we presented him with a Henry Golden Boy Eagle commemorative 22 lever action. 
And that's his most prized possession. He thinks the world of it. He's very respectful of it. Um, and he's 16 years old. So he didn't say, this is great. I'm going to go shoot up a school. We're going to see if we can take out some people and start a war. None of that happened. So I was kind of amazed that maybe it's not a problem with kids. Maybe it's maybe uh, more of that misinformation we talked about. Well, and so you flash forward to now you are a dad Correct. of a boy and a girl. Yep. And you're an NRA instructor. So True. you're instructing males and females. Yeah. What do you see as like the main difference between? Well, we, we had an opportunity to... Um, when, when I, okay, let me start over. We actually looked at getting my NRA certification because I was doing a lot of shooting at the time. I, I, I do practical pistol and I do uh, some hunting on the side here and there. So we looked at getting me certified because I was doing so much unofficial training to people. So I figured I might as well have the certificate. Right. So the final push was um, our Boy Scout troop decided it would make a lot of sense to have a session on um, firearms training for the uh, kids and scouts who were trying to get their Ranger Award from the Venturing Crew. So the Ranger is kind of the, um, it's the pinnacle of the venturing side. It's a high adventure type certification like the Boy Scout Eagle program. So they had about a dozen girls and boys that they wanted me to instruct. So I went ahead and got my certification, uh, met Mike in the process. and Mike um, Abramovich, we yeah, love him. Mike's wonderful. And I took two courses through him, actually. I took a basic firearm safety, co- no, sorry, sorry, a basic pistol course. So I can teach basic pistol as well as um, a range, range safety officer training. So I'm range safety officer and uh, basic pistol certified. So we had the opportunity to train these dozen kids. And what I saw was that the girls came in very apprehensive. There was one in particular that was extremely apprehensive. She was very fearful of guns. She had been taught that they were going to hurt someone and jump off the table and, and do bad things to you. And when she actually took her first shot, she actually like broke down and was crying, and she was very Aww. unstable at the time. Poor so thing. we consoled her, got her back, and you know said, you don't have to do anymore, and she wanted to. And by the end, she was actually one of the more ambitious shooters. Nice. She tried every gun we had. She fired away. She was great. We had a second session with her because she, we had to work on her accuracy a little bit. But um, she was so excited about it, and it, that was a huge overcoming piece for her. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really a treat to be part of that as well. The boys, on the other hand, came into it differently. They came in with a little more ego, a little more bravado, um, a lot of that, you know, uh, what Ace was talking about with the background, with video games. Not at all shocked. <laughs> no. And they. But the neat thing is, it's what I found with my own son. Um, I had him actually write a paper on um, different guns that were in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And the guns that he was exposed to and what he had a perception of weren't entirely accurate. Mm -hmm. So I had him get all the specifications on the guns that he liked, and Mm -hmm. we went down to the gun club, and we actually rented them, and he got to shoot them for real, and he quickly realized that the video game has nothing to do with an actual gun. Nice. They smell different. They feel different. He was amazed how heavy they were, how much they kicked. That's a great move, Dad. Yeah, and so that was awesome because he was in the same class, and he was able to relay to the kids, and so when they got their hands on the uh, firearms, they were actually saying, yeah, we're surprised how heavy they are. And, oh, it's so loud. And it smells different than I thought. And then they were they were greasy. And, yeah. You know. and, and don't even talk about the recoil, right? Well, yeah. I want to I want to get my dad on here. I think we finally found him on the phone. Oh, Ron, good. are you with us? I am. How are you? I'm great, Dad. Um, thank you for taking the time to, to be on the air with us. Um, we've been chatting away here with one of your many sons, Dave. 
And um, he was talking about growing up in the 80s, growing up in your household, and somehow we, we didn't end up shooting our eyes out, um, even though, you know, you had a lot of guns around, because you, you trained us. Now, you grew up in the 50s. What was your experience right. like? Well, my childhood was pretty normal, at least I thought it was. You know, <laughs> it wasn't any different than any of the others, uh, the kids that I ran around with. Guns were not a big deal back then. It was just something that was there if you needed it, either for protection or pleasure. My dad and I usually went hunting in the fall, usually for rabbits or, or pheasants. Any other time I wanted to go shooting, I just took a gun and went out, and you know, it was not a big deal. There was never any issues of trust or not knowing what guns could do to someone. None of our guns were ever locked up. Uh, if you needed one for an emergency, it was there. Well, and that, I think, is is a lost art. I'm just going to call it an art because, um, <laughs> you know, I think that the idea of actually going out and hunting really kind of solidifies and, and makes it very salient and present in somebody's mind what these tools do, right? You see the end result because you have shot the rabbit, Right. And, um, right. you know, if all we have is like the video games, like Dave was just saying, that's a very different thing. The, the thing you shot and, and it laid down well, you hit the reset button, it stands right back up. And, and now if you go again and, uh, right. and and so I think that your dad was was great to have done that. And I I wish that we could kind of get back to the, a time when there was more. Uh, supervised interaction because I think we would have a safer a better attitude towards guns and a safer society overall but um, kind of flashing forward you now you live in North Carolina and and you guys have not you're not off the grid but you've you've worked towards sustainability you're raising your chickens you're raising your goats and Dave has a kind of a similar thing here but a, a more urban farm where he lives here in Arizona but how important do you think our Second Amendment rights are to that way of living? I think they're very critical, uh, mainly because we live in the land of the free, and free men were not intended to live and exist at the whim of, of other people. Uh, we, we must rely on ourselves and not depend on other people to survive. If the way the world's going and our country's going, nobody's gonna, nobody knows what's going to happen next week. It's true. And if things do fall, do fall apart, you're going to have to uh, kind of provide for yourself. The grocery stores will be empty. There won't be any gasoline. Uh, you know, you're you're going to be in a tight spot. Well, and even if it doesn't happen, I think it's just prudent to consider the possibility that it could happen and and be prepared. You know, it's like when, you know, people say, well, how many guns do you have? Well, what are you afraid of that you have so many guns? I say absolutely nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> because I'm I'm prepared is what I am. I don't feel threatened. I feel prepared. And and, I, you know, I hate it that our time went so quickly, but we've already got to start wrapping up. But, um, Dad, are you still actively teaching classes out there in North Carolina? I am. I'm having a, at least one class a week, sometimes more. And you're and, right outside uh, of Asheville. Right. I'm about 10 miles from Asheville. And how would and, people uh, find you? Well, I've got a, uh, I've got lettering on my truck. 
<laughs> that's that's that North Carolina life for you, right? You know what? I'm going to put on your guest page. I will put how to to reach out and contact you. And Dave, you're teaching classes here in Arizona. Yes, I am. Um, I do it part time. I am a working professional, so I do it part time. And I'll be t- taking appointment classes over the summer. And I'm hoping to get a rotation of scheduled classes beginning in October at the uh, Joe Foster Range. Because it'll be not so blazingly hot. Yeah, now, how do people that. find you? Um, they can contact me at uh, my email at dave at overwatchtraining.com. Or my phone number is 602-741-6467. And I'm working on putting together a website, which will be www.overwatchtraining.com. Overwatchtraining.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for uh, diving in here with us. Uh, Hope you have a wonderful Father's Day. Thank you. All right, Dave, happy Father's Day. Go ahead, Dad. I was just saying I appreciate uh, being on your program. Absolutely. And... uh, we listen to it quite often out here. Well, fantastic. I love knowing that you're out there listening and cheering us on. And, uh, again, yeah. happy Father's Day to both of you. Keep doing the good work that you're doing and raising the next generation, Dave. Yeah, happy Father's Day. All right. Well, stick around because we still have John Korea coming up. He is a Christian pastor who also echoes our first guest that teaching active self-defense is actually in line with Christian tenets and ideals. So stick around. Let's meet John. Hey, everybody. This is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are enjoying celebrating Father's Day just a day early. Uh, This is our Father's Day show, of course, and so we are talking to 
dads. We've had some great guests on, all of them dads, all of them having something to do with uh, the firearms industry or or just believing in uh, the duty of self-protection. And our next guest that we're actually trying to raise on the phone right now, so I'm going to just kind of stretch this a little bit. His name is John Correa, and he is a, a Christian pastor. Now, we started the show with a Christian missionary out of South Africa who tells us that it is our duty to engage in self-defense. And now we have a Christian pastor who echoes that and even teaches it through his company, Active Self-Defense. John, have we found you? Are you with us? I am. I am with you. It's actually Active Self-Protection. Active self What? I'm so sorry. I apologize okay. for that. <laughs> well, Active Self-Protection. Um, tell us, you know, how do you wear those two hats because there's a lot of people out there that say that it's it's a contradicting message how can you be a christian pastor and teach people how to defend themselves with gasp guns well i you know i think that um obviously christendom is a big world and i have friends who are pacifists and christians i'm not i think that as we look at scripture there are times that god says that uh, not only do we have the right to protect ourselves but in fact the obligation to protect the weak, to protect the oppressed, the outcast. And so within certain guidelines, you know, we call it self-defense for a reason. Uh, we don't go on the offensive, but that there are evil people in this world, and there are those who would do us harm. I think that um, properly understood that Jesus allows his followers to protect themselves from um, criminal hurt. And if we do so in responsible ways, that's honoring to God. Well, I do think it's honoring to God and uh, the people that you are defending, sometimes just with our presence. You know, sometimes bad guys, if they just know or think that there's uh, somebody that can fight back in a room or in an area, that right there is protecting our, our fellow man. And I think those people that have been protected would agree with you. <laughs> well, I don't think that's, I mean, that's very easy to see. If you see, for instance, a church service that has they, they have a uniform police presence um, at their worship service. Well, why would they do that? They do that for the deterrent factor. When you know that, um, that you're not looking at a soft target, then that definitely decreases the odds that a, a predator will try to find some prey because predators are not looking for fights. They're looking for victims. Absolutely. So you are an instructor, and you were telling me off the air about a, a new uh, developmental portal that you're really excited about. So yeah. with, with your company, um, which I'm going to say the name right this time, Active Self-Protection, tell us about uh, that development portal. So what we've got, what I'm known for, if you go to our website, ActiveSelfProtection.com, or our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash ActiveSelfProtection, what I'm known for in the self-defense world is that people send me real-life uh, surveillance video of self-defense encounters. That can be a carjacking, an armed robbery, a mugging, a murder even. And I narrate them for lessons. We call those after-action reports when I was in the military. And um, I, I have a lot of instructors who use those videos um, in their classes, whether those are martial arts classes, firearms classes. I, I mean, last week at the NRA annual meetings, I had... SWAT police officers who you know came up and thanked me and said that they use them in their SWAT training. Oh so, wow! Yeah, just a few weeks ago, we launched what we call the Instructor Development Portal um, because I knew we had so many instructors who were using them. I wanted to provide a resource because I can't train everybody. 
Um, we try to do things in a responsible way. We try to do things in a realistic way because a lot of times what you see, um, you know, whether it's a firearms instructor or martial arts instructor, is that things they're teaching people to defend against don't happen in real life. And what does happen in real life, people are left unprepared for. So I tell people all the time, what I just show them is what reality is, and then you have to go and train with somebody so that you're ready for what might come and you can actually defend against what really could come your way. So the IDP, the Instructor Development Portal, we started because there's instructors all over the, the country, really all over the world, who are using those videos, and we wanted them to use them in the most effective way possible. So that provides them a whole bunch of resources to do that. Um, I'm also pretty good at social media, so we help them in that endeavor to be able to reach more people and then to help their students in the best way. And I also wanted to know, so somebody from Kalamazoo or from Fort Lauderdale said, John, where do I go train? Because I get those messages all the time. We've got about 230,000 followers on Facebook right now. And they'd say, you know, where do I go train? And I'd say, man, I'm not sure. Let me go see what I can find. Well, this gives me the ability to know which instructors are, are good people. We ask our instructors in the, in the IDP to sign a, a you know, professional code of conduct that basically says they're a good human being who treat people well and only train that which they have the credentials to train. Um, and so it gives me a, a, a good resource, which we put on our website, uh, to send people to. So these are all things, and, and a couple other benefits as well, that we're trying to help instructors with. And my goal is to help instructors learn how to teach. Um, you know, we say that the, uh, the greatest uh, football coaches in history never played in the NFL. Uh, you know, you say that... Bill Walsh or Bill Belichick, um, you know, great coaches, but necessarily weren't Super Bowl winning players themselves. So we know that coaching and teaching is a separate skill than doing. Mm -hmm. So I want to help those trainers to become the best teachers they can possibly be. And that's what we're starting to do with the Instructor Development Portal. Well, I love that. And, um, you know, with our other businesses, our, our gun store and our auction house, uh, Dave Ramsey, is, is, he endorses us. And he has a thing very similar, a setup very similar to what you're talking about. He calls them uh, endorsed local providers. So he kind mm -hmm. of vets, he vets them and he says, okay, this is somebody I could put my stamp of approval on. And if you go to them, then you, you know, you, you don't have to do the homework yourself. And you're kind of doing the same thing with firearms instructors. Well, I mean, I'm not yet at a certification path. We're, you know, I've got some things that might be coming in the future, but I'm not certifying an instructor as somebody who says, I know they have the skills to teach you. What I'm doing right now is saying, listen, I can tell you that this person is a person of integrity, at least they claim to be. Yep. Um, here's these certifications that they do hold. So nice. I ask them for their certification so that you can say, hey, I know they're certified in these areas to teach. Mm -hmm. And um, and then that gives you at least a jumping off point. This is somebody who probably is good, and so you need to go and research them. So, gotcha. I mean, of course, I, I got nothing but respect for Dave Ramsey and what he does, and I love how he helps people. And so he's Three, three, four, five, ten, fifteen steps down the road from where we're going. Yeah. One day. But no, but it's a great, it's a great model and it's a great goal. And I know it's pe something that people, we live in such a fast paced world. Anything that can kind of shave off some of the, the time to get us to where we're going, especially when it comes to self defense, when it comes to protecting our lives, right? Well, and there's a lot of people who, I mean, especially, I remember when I was new in the self defense industry, just learning. Um, I didn't know what made for a good instructor and what didn't make for a good instructor, and I don't think most people do, quite frankly. And so, well, you don't know what you don't know, do, right? Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, and so it's the same thing when you go, okay, 
Dave Ramsey is a nationally recognized expert, and so if he trusts them, I can probably trust them. That's what we're trying to do is to say, this guy's probably a good risk. This gal here is probably a good risk. You need to do some more homework. You're responsible for you. But let me help you to take some of that out so that we at least are helping people to get the best foot forward, not waste their time and money. I love it. And then with your um, your self-defense encounters that, that you have on there that are narrated for people, I think that goes in hand with, you know, fate, uh, fortune favors the prepared mind. You know, you got to mentally prepare for what you could possibly encounter out there in the world. I, I totally agree. So, you know, that's why we do them. We have about... Right now, 700 um, actual self-defense encounters that are narrated on our website and on our Facebook page. I put up a new one every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, and, you know, after a while, you start seeing patterns. And, and so, you know, when people ask, what do I need to study? I said, well, you know, of all the things that we've seen, there are some uh, core principles that work across the spectrum. And so working on those things first is important. So the biggest thing that I think I bring to people is awareness of what reality is. And, and of course, I mean, our biggest thing is never to be attacked in the first place, to live a life of readiness and awareness, uh, a life of preparedness, so that you can de-escalate, escape, and avoid any problems. But you can't always do that. Sometimes the problem comes to you, so you better be able to solve it. Hmm. So, so true. So, you know, we, we did kind of already talk about, you know, the fact that you yourself you know, have that idea that, that you can be a Christian pastor and be self, yeah. a self-defense guy. But how do how does the public, um, you know, do you have any pushback with, from people coming into your church that might be new to it? Well, I mean, you know, my church family is a, a, a varied community, just like every church family in America. You know, we don't run a gun church. We run the church. We make disciples of Jesus. So, um, you know, some folks are not self-defenders. I don't make a uh, you know, it's secret that my business on the side is teaching self-defense and firearms. And, and yes, you know, you'll get occasionally somebody who says that's not right. And, and it depends on how big a deal it is to them. To some, someone who it is a huge deal, I say, look, you know, there's, there's a thousand churches in the greater Phoenix area. Let me help you find one that you can grow in uh, rather than try to, you know, shoehorn you into kind of my philosophy of things. But, you know, I do think that for most people it's common sense that you do not have to succumb to criminal violence in order to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I also very strongly do not believe in, you know, the kill them all and let God sort them out philosophy. <laughs> yeah, you don't strike um, me as that kind, so. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, obviously, we, we have to love our neighbor. We have to recognize that, um, you know, people uh, need the love of God, and that's my primary worldview. Um, and in that, I always tell people, uh, one of my boundaries simply is this. Nobody has the right to hurt anyone else. No one has the right to harm someone spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, financially, or physically. Right. You don't have the right to take that which is not yours. Right. And so I, can, I have the right, as a bearer of the image of God and as a follower of Jesus, to enforce that boundary that no one has the right to hurt me. No one has the right to hurt mine. And if somebody forcefully tries to break that boundary, then I will stop them from that. And the results of that are their responsibility, not mine. Well, that's awesome. And I want, to, before we have to wrap up, I want you to tell people again, how do they find out about your active self-protection uh, website and plan that you have going there? So, uh, you know, our website is activeselfprotectionalloneword.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash selfprotection. You're going to find a ton of stuff there. Our social media is very active. 
You can find us on Instagram at Active Self Protection. I'm on Twitter at get underscore ASP, Active Self Protection there. Um, you know, uh, the instructor development portal, if any instructors are interested in finding out what it's worth, and uh, we have a few slots left in our plank owner uh, group, and that would be at activeselfprotection.com slash instructors, plural there, instructors. And they can get more information. And, of course, you know, through the website, through our Facebook page, if you have any questions at all, they can send us a, a private message on the Facebook page. Um, uh, we answer those personally. We try to answer them as quickly as we can, awesome. hopefully within two hours. Awesome. And we'd love to help you. All right. Thank you, John, so much. And happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, Cheryl. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Bye now. All right. Well, stick around because coming right up, we've got our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. Hi, folks. I'm Don Kyle. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Dan, this is the Father's Day show, and you've been very, very quiet. Are you already getting ready to take it easy for Father's Day? Well, I'm just thinking that uh, at midnight you have to wake up and start cleaning those guns, so I'm just deciding <laughs> which ones I want you to clean and which ones I don't want you to touch. Oh, my goodness. So, so I get the Brillo pad and the, uh, the Ajax, right? Is that what we do? Mm, maybe so you're not much. cleaning guns, <laughs> but you're going to at least watch me do it. It's kind of like when I want you to put the dishes away and you pretend like you can't find the silverware drawer. Is that is going to be kind of like That's because you move it all the time. No, and my daughter no will I prove don't. that. I promise She moves you. the light switches in the <laughs> house and she moves the drawers for everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't if do that. If that's not true, how come I can tell you where every single gun is? Because <laughs> that's where your focus but is. But I can't your babies. find you love the them. silverware drawer because you move it. Um, yeah, you stick with that. Well, I have really enjoyed the show today, talking to all these different dads. Wasn't that, I mean, we, first time we've gotten to talk to somebody from South Africa. That yeah, was cool. He was very interesting, but you wouldn't let me talk to anybody else, so. 
Oh, but, stop it. Uh, you no, know, you know, it is very interesting. And uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a, a special day. I think it gets a little overshadowed. You know, we have Mother's Day first, and it seems like it's a, a bigger uh, to-do for Mother's Day. Oh, it is a bigger to-do in my house. <laughs> because it's like from the minute you wake up until you go, you serve. <laughs> you know, but it's okay. I don't know what he's talking but about. But it's all right I'm because very low I'm, glad, I'm glad there's this first because I can use that as an example for what I want on Father's Day. <laughs> right. Yeah, you you try that. Good luck with that, right? Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to move along and do one of my most favorite things that we get to do on this program. It is our responsibly armed citizen report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth. Justice and the American way. And of course, that is the vintage Superman um, theme, right? When it used to be a TV show. Before that, I think it was even a radio play, but I just love that. Was Superman a father? Fights. Um, no. No, but he had a father. He was too busy, huh? Yeah, he had, he had a father on his other planet, and then he had a father here on, uh, on planet Earth, right? Am I getting my, my cartoon characters? No, you had that right, but I'm just wondering. Like, so you get up. something for the father on planet Earth, and then you get something for the father on the other planet. Is it the same thing, or does one get a better one? Well, as long one? as they don't interact with one another, I think, you're fi- I think we've gotten way off track here. Okay, so we're trying, to do, <laughs> we're trying to do the responsibly armed citizen report. Okay, so the news clip that we're going to play for you in just a minute here, it's actually from several years ago, but the topics it brings up are as timely today as they were nearly 10 years ago when this incident occurred. We normally, I I set the clip up generally by giving you the scenario beforehand, but today I really just wanna listen and then we'll kind of talk about the different layers that this story has. And as you listen, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the dad who had to take a life in order to defend his family. He didn't invite danger to his doorstep And he had no assurance that he would win out over danger. And once he stopped danger by being a responsibly armed citizen, the story didn't end for him there. Ivan News reporter Christine Dobbin is here with the story. Christine. Today, when the Harris County grand jury no-billed Damon Barone today, it means that he is cleared of any criminal charges. But Barone says what happened in the early morning hours of last December 14th will always haunt him. His room. Damon Barone says he was in his home office working when the nightmare began. And I heard the gunshot, and so I I got up. The husband and father of two says burglars were outside, and as he went to his bedroom, one man was coming through the window. I was more fearful for my family and their safety, and just making sure they were okay was my only primary focus. Barone sent his wife, Nicole, children Davon and Dominique, who were six and two months old at the time, into the bathroom while he grabbed his gun. That was my fourth shot. And so it went through the wall, through the glass and struck him somewhere. The gunshots were fatal. Barone had killed the man police later identified as Stephen Dunbar. Barone says that night changed many lives. I know every night I'm sitting here laying three feet next to something that could have been tragic on my end. And it was tragic on somebody else's end. Today, a Harris County grand jury cleared Barone of any wrongdoing. 
University of Houston law professor Sandra Garrett-Thompson says today's decision is not surprising. In this particular case, it's really clear-cut, you know, if you have someone coming into your home, breaking in forcibly at night, I mean, that's just an open and shut case that you have a legal right. Barone says while he is glad legally it is over for him. I still feel sorry for that individual's family because it's, it's not their fault and it, it will never be their fault. A bullet hole in the wall, missing carpet, and the memories will always be there to remind him. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, it doesn't matter what your income is, it doesn't matter what your education is, it doesn't matter if you have kids or don't have kids, it can happen to anyone. Barone says he later learned the man he killed lives just a few houses down from his family. He now has a security system installed in his home. Christine Dobbin, 13 Eyewitness News. So, I mean, put yourself in, in his position. It's late at night. There's multiple intruders. There's, uh, they're breaking in the window that's above. You can see it in the clip. You know, this is radio, so you can't see it. But the window above their bed that his wife is sleeping in that's the window that they're breaking in so what are you thinking like how how are you processing this if you're him like where's my firearm how accessible is it right and am i am i trained in loading it and now the adrenaline's rushing and i'm scared and i'm shaking and like am i well trained is it can i just rely on muscle memory to get my firearm in my hand safely, responsibly, and be able to get it loaded and to aim it properly, right? All of these things are in play right now. So seconds are passing and these people are still coming in. Right. And, you know, what I'm getting out of this is the heartbreak that he's going through that he's sad that he had to shoot them, but he's glad that he was able to protect his family. But this guy, he's going to live with this for the rest of his life because of some stupid person that decided they wanted something that didn't belong to them. Um, it's, it's just terrible that he's going to have to go through that the rest of his life. You know, it is. And so then you go back to the night of, because I'm sure he, that you can hear it in his voice. He's probably re-questioned himself a million times. Did, could I have done it a different way? Was there some other way of doing this without having to take this person's life, right? But... He had to corral his family. I mean, an infant child and a toddler and his wife. And in the video, they're showing a, a bathroom. So you get the idea that he probably had them, like with a, with a tornado drill, probably got them in the, the bathtub. That's the idea that the picture gives you. So, you know, what is he hoping? Is he hoping that he's hidden them well enough that what if he's unsuccessful in stopping these guys? Right? Yeah, Maybe now he's got he's, them all herded together in one area. That's right. even worse. Is that good or is that bad? I mean, these are the things you've got to think about later. I mean, you really should think about them before. Like John Correa was telling us, he gives us scenarios so that we can have a prepared mind. We can be thinking about, well, what if this happens? Where do I want my family to be? Where's the safest place in the house? Is it a hiding spot or is it a shield? Because, well, maybe bullets are going to be flying through the sheetrock. Right. And, and both things are important. All right, so, so this dad knows that Danger has a firearm because the way you hear it on the clip, the first indication that there's a problem is he hears a loud sound that happens to be gunfire. So what are they doing? Are they firing through the window that they're coming into the home? That's not really clear. But he knows two things. Danger has a, shot, a, a gun, 
And danger isn't alone. He's brought along multiple friends. So how many bullets does dad have in his gun? Is, does he live in a state where he's limited to, you know, five or eight or, you know, what are the limitations? Because bad guys, danger, they don't care. <clears throat> They're going to bring the biggest clips they can and break the laws with, I said clip, didn't I? Magazines. <laughs> um, because they don't care. They're going to do what they think they need to do to accomplish their mission, which is maybe murder, but maybe murder's just something they do on the way to what they came to do, which was rob a home. We don't know. And why, you know, the news, the, they don't say about, they don't tell you about these stories that much. But if, what if the word got out more? Maybe the burglars would start thinking, maybe we shouldn't be doing this for a profession. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Well, and then the other aspect of this, because this is so layered for me when I listen, is that he, you know, in the movies, the hero, he saves his family and he walks away and he goes back to his normal life. Well, this dad faced a year long. This is a year after his incident when they say he was no build. Now, that's a new phrase for me. I hadn't heard that before. But that's basically the courts finally saying, you didn't do anything wrong. You're good. He had to wait a year to hear that. Wow. So anyway, well, we've got to, to get moving because I want to hear Dan's tip of the week. My tip of the week today is, you know, we're hearing the story about the South Africa massacre that happened and that the liberals are saying that, you know, carrying a gun is dangerous for you. It's dangerous for everyone else. And the fact that this five-round gun prevented people with machine guns. Mm. It stopped them. And to me, that that, that should be on every news channel in the world that this lone guy, our Superman that day, saved a lot of people. And just because of one gun with five rounds in it. So, and I'm not saying that five rounds is enough. Right. You know, I think that people should be able to carry whatever they feel they need to carry. But in this example, five rounds prevented a massacre. More of so, a massacre. So your tip of the week is My t- The tip of the week is that don't listen to the liberals that say that uh, carrying a gun is going to cause uh, more damage to other people than it would to pr- protect other people. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have to go. But until next time, please pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Mm, some of them. All of them. Even even those. Even those. Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. And be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. And we give you these thoughts from President Reagan. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here, did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same.
And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.